real sports talk for real sports fans. 1700, the champ. Good afternoon. Welcome in once again. Jimmy B and TC on the air with you as we come to you here on a Thursday as we work towards the end of the work week. A busy hour of the program here today. Stopping by here in about 15 minutes. We're going to be speaking with our old friend Ken Silverstein. A look around the Big Ten. Iowa, Illinois this weekend. Okay, that game stinks. In fact, overall college football as a whole kind of sticks this weekend. Everybody looking ahead to Rivalry Week, the matchups that'll be coming there. But we'll go around the Big Ten. We'll look at Ohio State, Michigan a week before their big matchup this season played in Columbus. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about maybe Zach Smith and his ridiculousness continuing on and a whole lot more. That comes your way here in about 15 minutes. And after that, going to talk with our buddy John Cannon, a look around the NBA with Golden State and what's happening, the suspension to Draymond Green. So many different elements of that. Of course, the the back and forth that was happening with him and Kevin Durant with the Warriors. So look at the NBA and a whole lot more. Jimmy B is, uh, well, he is working to get back here into the studio. He just sent me a text. So we'll hear from Brinson when he walks back in. And until then, it'll be you and me. Let's get going here. And so many different angles to take here in our opening segment. We start first with football and the football matchup tonight we got a good one in the NFL with Green Bay on the road at Seattle the playoff implications that are there two teams that are still certainly hopeful they will be playoff teams going forward so you have that sitting out there and we wonder and wait the Packers can they get back on the right foot you know as you if you're listening earlier today as I was talking with Ken one thing I brought up I just I hadn't realized how good the numbers are statistically for Aaron Rodgers right now. 2,700 yards passing, 217 for 355, 17 touchdowns against just one interception on the season. These are two teams that are seeing some emergence up front. The defensive line play of Kenny Clark for the the Packers may be unseating. Mike Daniels is the best interior player that they have, what he's been able to do defensively. They're running the football much better. You're seeing the emergence out of Aaron Jones and what he's been able to put together after the huge performance last week against Miami, relying more and more on that running game. There's so much happening there. The Packers tonight against Seattle should be a great one, and you can hear that game here this evening on 1700 The Champ. We will have you covered as we do each Thursday night along with Sunday night and Monday night football. We got the Chiefs on Monday night. We got Bears-Vikings on Sunday. NFL doesn't get much better. But on the local front, even more local, from the regional side to the local front, Iowa State-Texas this weekend. This is a game, and we'll make our official predictions yesterday, but I'm still trying to find the angle that would make me pick the Longhorns in this spot. And I'm struggling with it. I'm really struggling to come up with a theory why I would believe that they would win this football game. It's not to say they can't. I mean, we're we're talking about, of course, we're talking about Texas. They got athletes up and down the roster. They always recruit well. Even when they don't recruit well for their standards, you know they're going to be a good football team. Ellinger's been good. Little John Humphrey's awesome. 
I mean, on and on and on. Texas is a good football team. Still not great, but good. Yet, with all that, I keep coming back to Iowa State. Does the tackling concern me a little bit we've seen recently? Sure, a little bit. Does not having David Montgomery there for the first half? A little bit. But with all that, I still keep coming back to what Iowa State has been against good teams and what Matt Campbell has done. He's something like 5-2 and two in his last seven games against top 25 teams. That's, that's unthinkable. That's ridiculous. You don't see that in college football. You certainly don't see it at a place like Iowa State. Nick Saban, okay, I get you. Yeah, Nick Saban, that's a different animal. But here, absolutely not. I mean, not even close. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy to me that that's what's happening, and that's, that's my thought process with Iowa State. Now, they're going to need help. You know, they need help still to get to the Big 12 championship game. It's not just about winning out and getting there. There is more on the table for the Cyclones. What you're rooting for this weekend, you're rooting for Oklahoma State. You want to see the Cowboys do it. Now, if West Virginia beats Oklahoma State this week, there still is a path, but the path, a little bit more difficult. Then you need Oklahoma to beat West Virginia and, of course, winning out. If West Virginia wins this weekend, there is still a path. And that's Oklahoma beating West Virginia and, of course, sweeping things. Still on the table, but it starts this week. It has to be the victory. Welcome in, Jimmy B. Talking Cyclones Longhorns. Thanks for joining us. Hey, listen, pal, for you, anything. Uh, Sorry, I was a little late there. Had an issue in the men's room, so I had to, you know, take care of business. Now I'm, I'm... I've I've unloaded and I'm ready to go. I feel great. Oh boy, that's disgusting. All right, Jim. I was just yes. saying, I, I I have a feeling, you know, this Iowa State team. It, it was brought up to me yesterday, and mm-hmm. there isn't a whole lot of I don't know, chess beating. I think Iowa State's winning this football game. I, I just I think they're a better football team right now, but you're not seeing a whole lot of that overall from the fan base. There's always gonna be fans that are confident all the time. But but somebody put it to me this way. Being a Cyclone fan throughout the years, there's always that time where you're waiting for the other shoe to drop, for mm. what you've seen in the past to crop up. And and maybe that's the reason that you're not seeing the what I would anticipate would be a lot of certainly chest-beating excitement because there's still in the back of your mind, as a fan, you've seen this song and dance before. You You've seen... Your expectations rise up, and then your heart ripped out. I guess I hadn't thought of it that way, but it does make a lot of sense. It makes perfect sense, and it's happened to Cyclones uh, across the the years that have passed, Trent. That has been their story. I can tell you this, though. The angst that you just spoke about, if Iowa State beats Texas, those angsts are going to be gone. Because they will throw a party in Ames like probably has never been seen before. And look, I know they had a heck of a party when they won that uh, huge game against Oklahoma State. Jeff Woody scoring that winning touchdown. Look, this is, this is an opportunity right now for Iowa State. We're talking Iowa State here. That they have won five in a row, mm-hmm. five conference games in a row. This would be six if they knock off Texas. Uh, I mean, it's it's an incredible run. It's an incredible story with a freshman quarterback. 
And the big thing I think that will have to take place is in Texas, in Austin, in front of that big crowd, will Brock Purdy look like a freshman? Sure. Because he certainly he hasn't he hasn't hardly at all this season since he was inserted to be the starter. And people say, Well, look what he did when he was on the road at Oklahoma State. Well, that was his first game. He was excited to be there. Now now there is so much expected of him to perform each weekend at such a high level, it's it's totally different than coming in off the bench. You know that. Oh, there's no doubt, Jim. And in the past, a conversation about all that tough environment taxes, it'd be laughable. I mean, it, it's a big stadium, but it used to be not very loud. They've done a lot to improve the game day experience there, and because of that, yes. this isn't what you normally see with a Texas Longhorn crowd. And because of that, it is going to be a difficult environment. If you've been there before and you haven't been there since the renovations, it's different. It's not the same wine and cheese crowd that you once had with the Longhorns. They're going to be fired up, and they know the certainly the way for them to get to the title game. They need a lot of help, just like we talked about, certainly with, uh, with Iowa State. But they can still get their gym and still a path yep. for them. We're going to take a break when we come back on the other side. We'll go from the Cyclones into the Hawkeyes as Iowa prepares for their matchup with Illinois this weekend. A lot of Big Ten football to talk about with Ken Silverstein. We'll break things down with Ken, his perspective of what's going on. Ohio State, Michigan, of course, next week. A look around the Big Ten. And Jimmy B, we got Iowa, Oregon coming up tonight. How about this start for Big Ten hoops from Wisconsin going on the road and throttling Xavier? What we saw last night, Indiana pummeling Marquette. The Big Ten's off to a really good start in basketball this year. And Michigan just burying Villanova as well. Mm -hmm. Great stuff. So we're going to see how it plays out tonight, Iowa and Oregon. That'll be about 8.30 this evening, ESPN2. We'll talk about that game a little bit more later on in the program. Quick time out here. Coming back, Ken Silverstein joins us. Talking Big Ten on Jimmy B and TC. Hey, Des Moines, this is DA. You're locked into 1700 The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Are you interested in starting a new franchise? You can find a lawyer right here in the state of Iowa to help with your franchise law needs. Rush Niggin with Brick Gentry Law PC provides law services for those involved in starting a new franchise. Find more information online at rushonbusiness.com where Rush Niggin can assist you in buying or starting a new franchise. A presenting sponsor of the 2018 high school football season on 1700 KBGG. Brick Gentry Law PC and Rush Niggin. Now at Menard, save big money on your next project with 11% off everything. Update your flooring with Tarkat. The Vibe Collection is 88 cents a square foot after sale price and 11% off. The Garrison Collection features a lifetime wear warranty, 106 a square foot after sale price and 11% off. Get 11% off everything now at Menards. Good through November 17th. Savings are a mail-in rebate. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Save big money at Menards. Looks like we have another contestant for Russian Roofer Roulette. Place your bet. Choose from unmet expectations, we overpromise and underdeliver, or we'll carelessly drag our ladder over your daffodils. Let's log on to Google and play. 
I'm Ryan Johnson, owner of Right Roofing. Before you play Russian roofer roulette, give us a call. Right Roofing is one of the only local roofers with a 50-year warranty on both the shingles and the labor. So you know that when we roof it, we'll roof it once and we'll roof it right. For a warranty on materials and labor that's five times longer than most companies, call Right Roofing at 515-729-0770, where we say you choose the color, we'll handle the rest. That's 729-0770, or find us online at rightroofing.com. That's rightroofing.com with an R. Roof it once, roof it right, right roofing. If you've ever visited Salisbury House and Gardens, you know that its architecture, fine arts collection, and beautiful grounds make it a truly one-of-a-kind historic house. We're lucky to have such a unique cultural experience right here in Des Moines, but like many other historic house museums across the country, Salisbury House depends on the generosity of community members like you to keep our doors open. You can help preserve and interpret the past, celebrate the present, and ensure a sustainable future for Salisbury House Foundation by contributing to our season of giving campaign going on now. Visit salisburyhouse.com org to donate. Guys, are you ready to begin your journey to live life better? Are you feeling tired and worn down or looking to improve performance and drive in the bedroom? Looking to burn fat and gain muscle? Then it's time to contact New Leaf Wellness. New Leaf Wellness offers a free, no obligation consultation. Dr. Robert Seaman and the New Leaf staff will help craft a plan dedicated to you. From testosterone replacement therapy, advanced weight loss, to nutritional therapy, New Leaf Wellness strives to find the plan that will improve your quality of life. Dr. Robert Seaman and New Leaf Wellness. Give them a call today at 515-650-1358. Again, 515-650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. One more time, 515-650-1358. It's time to live life better with New Leaf Wellness. Call 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. Does overpaying for something make sense? We don't think it does at Charterhouse Real Estate. That is why we have completely changed the commission structure at our real estate firm from what you are used to hearing about. Gone are the days of 6 or 7% to sell your home. We charge $24.95 plus 3%. Don't worry if that sounds a bit odd. Just know that on average, our sellers save thousands in real estate commission when they sell their home with us. The best part is our sellers still get full service, including social media marketing, their home on the MLS, a dedicated agent, and much more. Head to charterhouseiowa.com and use our calculator there to see what your savings could be. We are Charterhouse Real Estate, and we are changing the way you think about selling your home. Charterhouse Real Estate is a team office under Space Simply. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company, and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we believe in honest work, a fair price, and work we stand behind, and our 10-year workmanship warranty proves it. We know roofing. With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. Real sports talk for real sports fans. It's Jimmy B and TC. Here's Jim and Trent. And welcome back, everybody. We continue right on here. 1700, the champ now welcoming in Big Ten Conference insider Ken Silverstein. Kenny, uh, good afternoon to you, as always. And let's get right to the heart of the matter. Is this going to be really embarrassing 
with either Ohio State or Michigan from the east matched up against Northwestern from the west in the Big Ten championship game? Well, I don't know about embarrassing, but I, I do see where you're going with this, and um, particularly if it's Michigan, uh, because I think Michigan is the better of the two in the east, and I think Michigan will beat Ohio State. Not by a lot, but it'll be a very close game. But I think this is Michigan's year. They got the 29 seniors. If they don't do it this year, I have no idea when they're ever going to do it. Uh, seriously. So I, let's assume I'm right and Michigan does beat Ohio State. They advance. Uh, they take on Northwestern. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to be a big favorite. They will win. Embarrass? I don't know. I think it just depends on what you mean by embarrass, you the number of points. But, um, yeah, Michigan is going to uh, win uh, if that's the uh, scenario that's rolled out. Uh, number two, some might say, well, wait a second, Ken, Jim, and Trent, it was 17 nothing on Northwestern uh, in Evanston back, I don't know, about a month ago, whenever that game uh, was played. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not factoring that uh, too much into the equation. They did come back. They ended up winning that game, and I think on a fast track indoors, it will be all Michigan if it's Michigan slash uh, the Wildcats of Northwestern. The accomplishment, you know, what happens in the title game aside, Northwestern is playing for a Big Ten title. And, of course, we've seen you know, what this program has become and what Fitzgerald has built it into. He loves Northwestern. He played there. He's coached there for a long time, all these things. But let's say you're a program like USC. I know the recruiting base aside, Pat Fitzgerald can coach. Now you give him the recruiting base of USC, coupled with the way that guy knows how to motivate. If you're USC, why aren't you throwing $10 million at Pat Fitzgerald? Good question. It's surprising that he's still there, um, you know, in regards to Northwestern. Now, granted, he's a former player. He had success there on the field. We're talking mid-'90s, the uh, Rose Bowl team that got beat by uh, USC, of all things. And uh, Keyshawn Johnson, among others, that uh, were on that USC game, a uh, USC team. And I'll tell you what, if you go back and somehow find clips of that game, uh, and I was there, I covered that game, oh, God, that's so many years ago now, mid-90s, Rose Bowl. Um, if my memory serves me correctly, North Steve Schnur, there's a name from the past, <laughs> was the quarterback of that Northwestern team. Yeah. What I'm getting at is that Northwestern, was not only in the game, but I, if my memory serves me correctly, mid-late third quarter, I don't know if they had the lead or they were they were knocking on the door of the lead. And I think there was an interception, and then um, USC made a play with Keyshawn Johnson, and they ended up winning. But it was a lot it was a lot closer than I think people might remember. So getting back to what you were talking about in regards to um, Pat Fitzgerald, I mean, look, USC has got to be. Oh, it's got to be one of the five best jobs in the country. It has to be. It just has to be. You know, when you're talking about recruiting, you're talking tradition, you're talking alumni, you're talking marketplace, uh, television exposure, and all and all of that. Um, he he he's been offered primo positions. He has turned them all down. Uh, they obviously have improved their facilities. Um, I, my guess is he's going to stay. I. Uh, you know, I don't even think he's come that close, to the best of my knowledge, of taking another job. So I'd say the odds are that he'll stay. And, 
you know, whether they win, which they I don't think they will, or lose, which I think they will, against Michigan or, to a lesser extent, uh, Ohio State on, uh, what is that, December 1st in, in Indianapolis. No, I think he'll be back for 2019 uh, uh, with the Cats, and he'll get them to overachieve like he does pretty much every year now. Ken Silverstein is our guest, 1700 the champ, Jimmy B and TC. All right. Um, look, are the wheels going to get back on the on the bus when the Iowa Hawkeyes go to uh, beautiful Champaign and uh, just beat the ever-loving stuffing out of Illinois? Or does Illinois cover that spread, Ken? You know what? Uh, it's been <laughs> – I mean, Illinois played a little better than I thought they would. I think you got to give Lovey Smith a little bit of credit here. Uh, I think the three of us thought that he would be out the door and that they, they were looking at a two-win – uh, season and obviously they've done better than that. So quarterback plays them better. They've they got you know they got a running game uh, and that has made them at least competent or more than competent offensively. But there's still a long way to go uh, for the uh, the Fighting Illini. So no, I even though obviously the last few weeks have not gone as well as the Hawkeyes would like, uh, I think it'd be really disappointing if uh, Iowa would lose this game. Um, I got what? Obviously, two more to go. You'd like to see him close out and uh, get a, bowl, a better bowl game um, because two more wins will improve uh, their status uh, in regards to the bowl situation. So, yeah, I, I whether or not they'll cover it or not, I don't. I don't know. I haven't really thought about it a whole bunch, but I can tell you one thing: they, they can't lose to Illinois. Yes, the line I have improved, but you can't lose to uh, Illinois even at this stage. No, you're you're exactly right. And if that would happen, it would be four straight losses out of Iowa. I, I'm sure you've seen the conversation about Noah Fant. His usage uh, as Iowa mm-hmm. has two wonderful tight ends, T.J. Hawkinson, more of that inline guy making plays across the middle, and then Noah Fant, the matcher matchup nightmare out there. You saw him last year just run past defensive backs for for Ohio State in that big victory for the Hawkeyes. He only plays nine snaps in the second half here. What do you what What is your read when something like that happens? An incredibly talented athlete, and it seems like Iowa just isn't using him a whole lot. Yeah, and it's amazing because if you and look, mock drafts are you know mock drafts. I mean, there's some that are better than others, and there's some that quite frankly aren't worth a whole bunch. But he's listed as a first round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Okay, now is he listed in every mock draft? There Pretty are a much lot of mock drafts up there. <laughs> Seriously. So, you know, if you look, whether it's CBS or, or any other, you know, mock draft out there, he's, I normally see him around the 20th pick, give or take a couple slots. So, no, it, it makes no sense. And one of the things that I was been able to do, and they're not the only ones, but not enough teams do it because they don't have the right guys. They don't have the tradition at the position slash the success. Uh, rate or ratio, whatever you want to call it, and that would be throwing to the tight ends is so effective, not only in the college game, but look at the pro game, okay? And if you have one, or in the case of Iowa, where you let's get real greedy and have two, most schools don't have one. Iowa's got two that you don't use them as effectively as you need to week in, week out, is head scratching, mind boggling, and anything else you want to come up with. It doesn't it doesn't make sense because it's a it's a matchup nightmare. If you have a 
If you have one tight end or two that can get down the seam or cross over the middle, and they're roughly, give or take, I don't know, let's say your normal tight end is anywhere from 6'3 to 6'5, and it's probably anywhere from 235 to, let's say, 250-ish, okay, in poundage, and they can run a pretty good clip, it's a nightmare for the back four, or in this case, even, even the back seven, because they're a nightmare for the linebackers to take care of, and they are too big for the safety to deal with. So if you have it, let's exploit it, and let's not be hodgepodge about it. Let's do it every week. And if they start taking it away totally, then you go in a different direction. But I, I, every game I watch, okay, particularly in the red zone, throw the ball to the tight end, back of the end zone, it seems to work like literally every time. And if you don't want to do that, then okay, you're going left to right, right to left, don't make a difference. Throw the tight end across the middle, throw the tight end down the seam, and you can end up moving the chains and maybe better yet, get sick. So I don't have an answer for you, Trent. Normally I got an answer to most anything. I don't understand <laughs> the number of downs and um, the lack of having balance, let's say, uh, as much as what you're hinting at as, um, as you'd like them to, to, uh, to uh, see, let's say. Ken Silverstein is our guest, Jimmy B and TC, on 1700 The Champ. All right, Ken. So I'm looking at the Wisconsin-Purdue game, and we both know that Wisconsin is not the Wisconsin that it has been in the past. And Purdue uh, is coming off a great win over Iowa, and then they go to Minnesota and get manhandled. So what happened here? And where's your take on Purdue's head football coach? Will he still be the head football coach as we close out this season? Look, kids are smart. Kids are savvy today. When when I was 18, 19 years old compared to an 18, 19-year-old kid today, I look like a bumbling idiot, okay? So the football players at Purdue know what's going on, okay? They're not oblivious to this stuff. And I think it had an effect. Now, let's take it nothing away from row the boat and P.J. Fleck and running up and down the sidelines and high-fiving everybody and so forth. Okay, good shtick, and I get it. But that's embarrassing. How can you beat Ohio State, okay, and a couple weeks later, numerically, go to Minneapolis against basically an average, and I think I'm being kind, Minnesota team. And it's one thing to lose on a late field goal. It's one thing to lose on a bad bounce or a bad call. I get that. It happens, okay? Not always good, but it happens. But they got blown out. And to get to your second part of the question, Scott Frost left for the same scenario, okay? Time to go home, okay? And obviously, Coach Frost left UCF, and we know, you know, the rest of the story. They got a lot of money tied up with Petrino and others, but I I think he's going to take it. I I just think he's a local guy. He went to school there. He was an assistant coach there. I don't know if Purdue's got enough. You know, this is not Michigan. This is not Ohio State. This is not where the money is endless. Purdue, unless there's somebody out there, single or plural, that just can come up with a lot of cash to keep him, I think he's going to leave. Would I be shocked if he stayed? Yeah, a little bit. I, I mean, he has the right to stay. But believe me, they're not pushing him out. Okay, they don't want him to leave. 
But if you pin my shoulders to the almighty wall, I, I think Coach Brom will go to Louisville. And then Purdue has got a very tricky thing to, to mull over. Do they, do they hire somebody on staff and promote you fill in the blank, let's say Nick Holt, the defensive coordinator, or somebody else? Or do they compete with everybody else um, and see if they can bring in the next Jeff Brom? And if you're looking for some names, and I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves because he hasn't even left yet. Um, let's see, who would be out there? Um, I'll tell you what, somebody has to hire Don Brown. I know he's a defensive <laughs> guy, but when is someone going to hire Don Brown? Ryan Day at Ohio State would be very viable. Um, and there are many, many others. Um, help me with the guy's name at, at UAB. I think it's Bill Clark. If I'm uh, not is it Bill Clark? Bill Clark is a, a hot yeah. commodity right now at the University of Alabama. Uh, Birmingham, is that a step up? Yeah, I think a step up from UAB to Purdue in the Big Ten. I think that would be something possibly he might look at. So, again, we're getting way out there. He hasn't left. We're not sure he's going to leave, but if you're – you're asking, my guess is he will uh, leave and take the uh, uh, Louisville job. And, again, that's another – it's a rebuild, but it's not like they haven't had success in the last, you know, three, four, five years, okay? So it's not – I would make the argument that the rebuild at Purdue was more difficult than the rebuild would be at Louisville. Talk with Ken Silverstein. Ken, this week as we prepare for the game a week from Saturday, Indiana-Michigan – and Ohio State on the road at Maryland. Which team struggles more this weekend? In a look-ahead spot for both of them, obviously. Uh, that's a real good question. Um, obviously, Michigan is at home. Uh, OSU is on the road in uh, in College Park. It's a homecoming for Drew Haskins, or Dwayne Haskins, excuse me, Dwayne Haskins, who is a Maryland uh, native. Um, boy, they're about, they're about equal. The way Michigan is playing right now, I think Michigan will be um, more decisive uh, in manhandling uh, uh, the Hoosiers. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think Michigan right now is one of them. And obviously, you know, they're in the top four, and they deserve to be in the top four. Shea Patterson has come in and been about what I thought he was going to be. Okay, He's not, not going to be an NFL quarterback, okay? But, you know, Mr. Kakis doesn't care about that at this point. He's been more than competent. He's been better than that. Uh, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He can run the ball, throws it effectively, makes plays. He's sort of a, a Trace McSorley type, maybe not as good a runner as Trace McSorley, but I think you see where I'm going. They're about the same size, uh, give or take. So I think I think Michigan will pretty much manhandle IU, and I think Ohio State will win, um, but it will not be as, quote, as impressive as uh, what the Wolverines will do to the Hoosiers. All right, before we let you run, we would be remiss if we didn't move to the hardwood and do a little round ball talk with you. Uh, there are some interesting matchups tonight. Let's start first uh, in New York City, Madison Square Garden, Iowa and Oregon. Where are you on this? All right, it, it is so early in the season. I've seen a couple clips of both teams. Um, obviously, neutral court. I'm not sure it helps anybody, quite frankly. Um, I'm not sure how how big the alumni base in New York City is for the Oregon Ducks. So I, I, I assume that Iowa might have more fans. I, I you know, sure trip. I'm going to assume they have more fans in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. But this is not 
Now, this is not like, uh, let's say, Michigan playing in New York City where you're going to have a, a big Michigan throng alumni in the uh, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area that are going to gobble up tickets, let's say. Um, obviously, the big man has got everyone talking at Oregon and elsewhere. Um, he looks really impressive. And, again, we go back to mock drafts, this time in regards to college hoops. He's a high first-round pick. He's He's only going to play one year. I mean, he's going to be in the NBA next year where I don't know. But when you're that tall and have that wingspan and have some offensive skills and it looks like he's got more than some, um, that's tough. I mean, I don't care who you are. who you, Who's going to guard him? How are you going to deal with him? Is he as good as people say? Well, through a couple games, he is. So um, I like Oregon, not by a lot. It's so early in the season. Uh, look at the Michigan game last night against Villanova. I mean, who thought that thing would be a blowout? Okay, so you don't, right. you just don't know. It'd be a really nice win for Iowa. Really nice win. Okay, um, but if, even if it's a loss, if it's close, which I think it might be, um, I don't think it's it's not a killer. It's not a killer by by any stretch when we get into uh, selection Sunday and decisions and and so forth. So. Uh, the difference being the big man and uh, uh, Jim, he looks he looks seven two. I mean, they they got him. Mm-hmm. They have him, Trent. Likewise, at seven yeah. two, he looks legit. Now, you know, and I know they stretch. You know, it's the program size. A lot of times, guys are listed bigger than they quote are. Nah, but this guy, this this looks legitimate size, and he's got arms longer than uh, Interstate thirty five. Let's just say <laughs> so. Um, uh, he's going to be. You know, maybe he has a bad game. If he does, it helps. Yeah. It helps the Hawkeyes a bunch. So it'll be interesting. So it's uh, it's good to see these kind of games, um, rather than you know playing a bunch of cupcakes every uh, every game or every other game. Let's say until you get to conference play. So this is this is a nice matchup, and uh, uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, I'll be curious to see how good. Uh, uh, help me with the pronunciation. It's Bull Bull. Bull right? Bull. Bull Yeah, it's Bull Bull. Yeah. Minute's yeah. son. Minute Bull's yeah, son. Minute's son. And he's Jimmy, good. You remember Minute? Yes, yes. I I called some of Minute's games. That's what I, I remember. Yeah, yeah. You did those games way back in the day. So yeah, we're all getting old as the kid is now playing. But um, yeah, he looks to be a high. Here we go again with these mock drafts. He seems at this point, and we got a long way to go. I mean, we have. You know, at this point, let's assume Oregon is a an NCAA March Madness team, uh, which I think they will be. Um, I mean, we we got roughly thirty games to see this guy play, but early on, he looks like a pretty high to very high um, NBA pick next June. Good stuff. Hey, Ken, out of time for today. We will talk again next week. We'll find a time. Our Thursday conversation, we'll have to move it up. Obviously, with Thanksgiving, got to break down the game next week with Ohio State, Michigan. Thank you so much. Look forward to it, guys. Have a good weekend. That is our buddy Ken Silverstein dropping by. Big Ten hoops looks good. Indiana looked great last night, Jimmy B. Nebraska pulled away from Seton Hall. The Hoosiers, I mean, Wisconsin the night previous. And if Iowa could do this, uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of really nice wins early on out of the Big Ten. We're getting the break. We're going to more basketball next. The NBA, what is happening in Golden State? John Cannon has the answers. He joins us next as we continue It's Jimmy B and TC. Back with you as we take you up until 2 o'clock today. It's Jimmy B and TC. So, Jim, last week I was gone for a couple of days. We had John Cannon come in, and and you guys, 
I didn't get any complaints, didn't cause any problems. Brinson, were you on your best behavior or something? I, I was not on my best behavior, but John took care of all of the controls, so that's ah. why the station did not burn down. That's good to hear. John Canada joins yes. us right now. John, thank you for not burning down the station, and thank you for your yeoman's work having to work with Brince in two days. I, I know it's difficult to do. Well, actually, David Griffin had a suggestion for a new name of the show. Oh, yeah? Jimmy, you want to tell him? No, you tell him. Jimmy John's. Jimmy Chats. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I like that. Built-in sponsorship? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was great. Making yeah. money hand over I'm... fist. Now, John, you'd have to close that deal, though, because Brinson can't do that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just just put that. that put that in the Rolodex and remember that for a future reference. you put me on every day. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> John, we got a lot to get into here. We're a little tight on time, so... Let's get into it. Obviously, we talk NBA with you. Our conversations happen a lot more normally in the springtime. But what's happening in Golden State right now? You've covered the Warriors for a number of years. You know that organization incredibly well. Take us in with with the kerfuffle that happened the other night and Draymond and Kevin Durant going back and forth and then the suspension that came out of it. Take us in and and what you're seeing right now. Well, what I think is underreported and undermentioned which is what I know you guys count on me for, is the fact that only one of two, those two guys have ever cost their team a championship that they had in hand by an ego-driven, pride-filled, angry response to something. And it is not Kevin Durant. So, so I think yeah. there are people on that team and people in that organization yeah. who still resent Draymond Green's handling of himself in 2016 and basically because this is the same thing right this is i'm you know i made a mistake but i'm angry i you know how can, how dare you that's what the whole thing with lebron stepping over him was how dare you and i'm going to react regardless of whether it's the smart or right thing to do i'm just going to do it and i think that's for the warriors to see that is very concerning because you think after two years, almost, you know, two and a half, he would have grown out of that. And he's showing really that he hasn't. All right. Let me, let me just follow up then. There are dust-ups throughout an 82-game season between player against player or players against players, and they eventually kind of smooth themselves over a little bit and – you know this, John. Once you don't have to go home, and once the game's over, and go out to dinner with the guy, you separate after you're out of the locker room and go your own way. But when you walk onto the court, then everybody tries to play on the same team. Don't you think that eventually this will just sort of smooth itself out? Yes, I, I do, Jim. But the the thing to keep an eye on here, as everybody is aware, is Durant's status. Right, Because if it's just a matter of can they overcome this to win this year, yes, I really do believe they can. But I think the reason the Warriors really felt that they had to send a strong message on this, which they did with the suspension, was to let Durant know that, hey, you're the new guy here, but you were treated unfairly in this. You were called names. You didn't deserve to be called. Your uh, Your decision about your free agency was was brought into this which it should not have been done 
and we're not going to stand for that. So they're sending him a message and sending Draymond a message that, you know, they really want Kevin, Kevin Durant to stay. You know, there's a lot of people, Warrior fans, longtime Warrior fans, and that, that, that could mean five years, right? Okay, but <laughs> there are actually a lot of people who've been Warrior fans for 20, um, and over the last five, they've gotten really fat at the table, and they're willing to say, let Durant go. We won one without him. We could win more without him. I think the Warriors understand it's not that simple. He gives them something that without him they don't have. And if it was Durant or Curry, okay, now you, now you have a conversation. <laughs> but Durant or Green, that's, that's an easy one for the Warriors. As much as they love Draymond, and as much as you know, he's at times the heartbeat of what they do, it's not Draymond three years ago. You know, he, he has not been as healthy. He has not been as effective. And it's Durant we're talking about who can come down and get you a shot, which not everyone in the NBA can do. You can double him, he'll shoot over you, unless one of those people doubling is seven feet tall. And as long as Curry's on the floor with him, you can't send enough guys at him to keep him from getting a shot. They need him, and they know it. So they're playing this, I think, much more carefully. And I think my, the topic I started with plays here. They're sick of this. They are sick of this with Draymond Green. And they need, to, they need it to stop right now, and that's the message that they're sending him. Down the middle, I... Draymond Green went too far. I, yes, Kevin Durant is a B. I'll call him a B. Everyone calls him a B because he is. But you have to placate because he's also an incredible talent. I get that. It could. It very well could be, all right, Draymond, you went too far, but you're right. Could that be lingering where people realize KD isn't in this for the long term and we can placate him and we can do everything that we ask and we can bend over and he can uh, be a diva 15 times a year as it seemingly is each and every year with this guy. But... In the end, he isn't with us going forward, and we know this. Could it be both parts of it? Draymond went too well, far, don't. and everybody's sick of it, too, from Kevin Durant's side of things, because they know he's not all in. Yes, there are definitely people who have Kevin Durant free agent fatigue. Yeah. No question about it. But you got to get your emotions out of that and your ego out of it and say, what's the best thing for the basketball team? And that is Durant stays next year. So all of their efforts are focused on two things, winning this year, and keeping Durant next year. And, and this was a big monkey wrench in at least one of those plans, if not both. So, yes, they're, they're, you know, he, Draymond Green said some things in that you know, locker room that were felt by other people on the team, but that was completely the wrong place and time to bring them up. And that's where the Warriors had to step in and say, no, that's, that, that's 15 yards. We're not, we're not letting you do that. So it's not down the middle. You could call it 75-25 if you want. I think that's as far as, as it goes in terms of, of support for Draymond in this particular situation, in, in my opinion. All right, John. So they get Houston tonight. Um, do, we, do we see a full uh, component of Golden State uh, against the Rockets? Well, not Curry, right? Curry's, Curry's not playing still out. the whole Texas trip, right. for sure. He's out 10 days at least. This is a groin pull. He's never had one before. So let's add that into the mix here. Um, but everybody else, I'm, I'm, I haven't heard anything that, that Draymond's not going to play or, or anything like that. And they've had the, the plane trip and, and some time to try to you know, talk this out and kind of work through it. And I think, I think they will. I think that on the court will be fine. But here's another thing I'm hearing a lot from, again, Warrior fans who 
you know, they don't pay that close attention, right? They just, they just watch the wins pile up. They think that if Durant goes, the Warriors can just re-sign Cousins and replace him. And people need to be reminded that Cousins is a total rental. He's a mid-level exception guy, meaning that they can only give him a certain percentage above what he's making this year, next year. They can't go get him $15 million or $20 million, even if he has the greatest year in the world. He will get that from somewhere else. So he would have to take the biggest pay cut ever to stay with the Warriors next year, assuming he has a good year. If he has a bad year, they don't want him. So we talked about that the day they signed him, but a lot of people forget. And they're all in this, oh, we can live without Kevin Durant. We'll just, we'll just keep Boogie. Um, that's not an option for the Warriors. Well, uh, the drama continues in the NBA, John. Good catching up with you again. We'll do it again, uh, maybe not next week, but soon when we have a little bit more time and you keep working on uh, Jimmy John's, all right? Getting that thing up and running. <laughs> well, welcome back, Trent. I'm glad I, I didn't break your, your radio program. <laughs> I appreciate it. John Cannon checking in with us, talking NBA as we do. Uh, throughout the basketball season, Jimmy B., what a awesome situation that the storylines of the nba boy we know it's inevitable what's going to happen but there's always something the drama is incredible in the association yes it, it is just like lebron last night almost had a triple double uh and scored 44 points last night as the uh, lakers won again and he passes uh, wilt chamberlain uh, in the fifth spot now, all-time scoring in the NBA. Next is Michael Jordan. He'll probably pass him probably by January or February. Look, I, I, I just find it so interesting because the NBA is a, and you always say this as well, is a player's league, and I think that's the, that's the big difference because the players are so much out there where you see restraint with baseball, hardly anything out of the NHL, and there is some some interesting guys in the NFL, but they don't get promoted like they do in the NBA, Trent. Right. And I think maybe that's why the NBA is, you know, so compelling at times. It's different. It's a different kind of league to it follow is. and yeah. be entered. I watched it last night. I watched a lot more Timberwolves than I anticipated. And it was good a good man. experience, Jimmy B. I yes, enjoyed it. It was. Yeah. I enjoyed it last night. A Kogi, the young kid out of Georgia Tech who takes over for, for Jimmy Butler in his role. He was really good. He's not as talented as Jimmy Butler, but he's a grinder. You know, he has a lot of the same qualities that you see out of Jimmy Butler. He's been incredibly fun to watch. I enjoyed that last night. Watched a lot of the Lakers and Trailblazers last evening uh, after uh, late into the evening. There's good stuff going on, but not a chance tonight, Jimmy B. Tonight, it's about Iowa, Oregon. Give us your pick. Who are you going, Ducks and Hawks? Um, look, I, I think that uh, Iowa has a chance to win this game, but I favor Oregon right now. If they have an opportunity to get Bull Bull in foul trouble, I think Iowa can win the game. They haven't played really against anybody yet, so this will be the first test against a team that really is a good college basketball team we'll see if they're shell-shocked early mm -hmm. uh, but I'm going to I think Oregon wins it but I think Iowa hangs around to make it interesting yeah it's been interesting keeping an eye on the line as soon as the line came out last night I jumped on Oregon right away uh, four I thought was was way too little 
Yeah. You know, King's not going to play for Oregon. He, some people believe, is a better freshman even than Bull Bull is, though he's a guard. Different kind of player. He's more of an impact kind of guy. He's not going to be out there. He's going to be out for a while for Oregon. There's so many different things to see, and we talked about this earlier about this matchup, Jim, but compelling tonight. Looking forward to it. And uh, then tomorrow, you're off tomorrow. You got 10 minutes, though, to make your picks because you got to keep making people their money tomorrow, Jimmy B. You keep winning games. You got to You got to give us some wins. I'll join you, pal. I will join you for our pick segment. Good, good. We got that. People can keep making money with Jimmy B. That comes up tomorrow. Coming up today on The Drive from 4 until 6 o'clock, myself and Wolfgang will be in. We'll continue to break down Iowa-Oregon tonight. Chris Dobertine will be joining us from SB Nation. A lot on college basketball with him and that great start out of the Big Ten here early on. We'll talk Big 12 football and basketball. Pete Mundo from Heartland College Sports. He'll be by at about 4.40 this afternoon. And then the 5 o'clock hour, Zubin Mahente will be here from ESPN. So many different things to talk about with Zubin, and we'll do that coming up on your drive home. 4 until 6 o'clock each and every weekday. The drive with myself and Wolfgang. That comes your way. Next here on 1700 The Champ, it's a national perspective. Tiki and Tierney, they're up next here as we continue on 1700 The Champ.